Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after Toronto Raptors are back. Finally, after four months off, the Raptors give us a taste. It's just a scrimmage that literally counts for nothing against the Houston Rockets, but they won by a score of 94 to 83. And I have a lot of thoughts on this game. And, um, you know, before we get to those thoughts, though, I want to tell you that lately we've all been craving buckets. Seriously, that's definitely very true. Um, you know, no, we don't mean, you know, the ones just on the court. We also mean the fried chicken kind. So, we did some thinking, baseball has hot dogs, football has nachos, and now that basketball is back, it only makes sense to name Kentucky Fried Chicken as its official food. Listen, basketball players make buckets all the time, KFC makes buckets all the time, and theirs are filled with fried chicken, like a famous original recipe, or crispy popcorn chicken, or even juicy tenders. So that settles it, KFC, the official food of basketball, order at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. So the Raptors... Like I said, man, it's it's great to see them back. It's great to see them um, win. I know it's just a scrimmage, but it it does always feel better to cover a win. Um, I know it's meaningless, but you know it's it's nice. The Raptors uh, played in this forty minute game, and honestly, uh, not a lot to uh, really gripe about. I mean, I could tell you off the top that I guess Marcus All didn't play, uh, which was a little strange. You know, we've been hearing so much about you know slim, trim Marcus All. Uh, at the age of 35, in the best condition of his life, um, and of course, there's been so many quotes, obviously, so many photos. But I mean, at the same time, like um, you know, Nick Nurse kind of explained, look, there's nothing physically wrong with him. Definitely not. He's healthy again, which is great. Uh, obviously, he's been a lot of the year not being healthy, um, and it was really just a planned rest day. And you know, when you look at the Houston Rockets, obviously, they don't play any centers. Um, it made a lot of sense to to rest Mark in this specific matchup, and that Mark will be playing. Um, on Sunday when the Raptors take on the uh, Portland Trailblazers uh, for the second of three unofficial scrimmages. Um, so Mark didn't play. Pat McCaw didn't play as well. Apparently he's also good. He's just didn't play in this one, we'll, but we'll play um, on the weekend. But yeah, otherwise, you know, the Raptors look like the Raptors. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, you know, if I'm going to start with the most positive two guys that I thought um, you know, kind of set the tone for this team sort of all year, but, you know, especially in this uh, situation where the Raptors are playing a bubble. Those were Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, the two of them combining for 29 points on 10 of 14 shooting. Uh, so just very, very, you know, professional approach from both of those guys. It's very evident that those two veterans have um, maintained their fitness. Uh, they maintained, you know, just their sharp approach to the game. And you can tell right away that, you know, Kyle, even though he didn't score much in terms of looking for his own shot, only four field goal attempts, got to the free throw line eight times, a lot of clever plays. Of course, this being a Kyle Lowry game, he took a charge on James Harden, just like it was the All-Star game. Um, uh, and, but, you know, he hit a buzzer-beating three at the end of the first half to sort of tie the game. Uh, and for the most part, you know, Kyle did a really good job of just sort of setting the the, the offense. Look, it's the, I'll start with it right here. Like, the offense looks worse than the defense right now. I would say maybe that's the case for the Raptors all season. They're just a better defensive team than they are on offense. But 
Um, you know, you, the, the execution offensively is going to be a little, you know, tough. Like the first play of the game, you have, um, you know, two guys coming together on the wing, uh, Pascal cutting towards the basket, and he's open. And Kyle throws a nice high-low entry pass to uh, Siakam, and you expect a wide-open layup, but instead Siakam fumbles the ball and goes out of bounds. Was kind of, you know, not expecting. It, it, this is sort of what the kind of rest that you're going to expect to see. Um, today and of course uh, in in sort of the upcoming um, scrimmage games and maybe even in the first couple of um, actual seeding games too you never know but um you know I, th- I thought Kyle did a good job orchestrating the offense um, you know and got his offense and then Serge Ibaka just fantastic in terms of how he finished I mean first off he had 18 points in 17 minutes on eight of ten shooting including two threes uh, one of which was contested by Harden kind of just pulled up on him anyway. Um, at Serge, I mean, look, you expect him to dominate this matchup, uh, you know, even just the situation notwithstanding, you're looking at a Houston Rockets team that don't play any centers, like, at all. Like, their only center that they played today was Bruno Caboclo for six minutes, and we all know Bruno's no center, all right? Bruno's, you know, very, not really even a basketball player, so, um... Yeah, they don't have any centers, and so you would expect Serge Ibaka to dominate, and he did that. He did that really well. Um, it wasn't like necessarily the Raptors were posting him up that much, although, honestly, he even scored a couple of post-ups. But it was just very clever stuff in terms of just, look, setting a screen, rolling, getting deep post position, sealing his man, putting his arms up, uh, you know, getting a pass inside, and then just calmly finishing. That's the nice thing about Serge's game nowadays is just he's so steady when he finishes, right? And he's... You know, when he has opportunities, when he have half chances, he's going to finish them. He's like a, he's like a clinical striker in that way. And um, yeah, it's 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 funny to say about Serge because honestly, you know, um, you know, earlier in his career he wasn't as dependable, but especially this season, it's kind of a career year for him. Even though he's in his eleventh year, like that's first off, that's very impressive. Um, but the focus and attitude that he's had and the approach that he's had um, has been great. Him and Lowry, I think honestly, you're just going to need a lot of leadership in this situation. Like you, you need to keep the guys focused, keep the guys engaged. And, you know, I, I think the Raptors' leadership structure, as much as, look, you know, leadership's not going to score any baskets, leadership's not going to block any shots, but, like, I think, honestly, just having a competent organization and competent leadership top-down from, you know, you got Bobby and Masai in there, um, you got Nick Nurse, obviously, being a great coach. Uh, happy birthday to Nick Nurse, by the way. Um, and then you got the veterans on this team sort of setting the tone for everybody. I think that just keeps everyone sharp and, and focused and on the right page. Um, because you're going to need a lot of leadership to get through this. You know, there's a lot of foolishness that I think could be end up derailing the NBA um, and teams in the NBA. I mean, even more than usual. I mean, the NBA is kind of known for some of its, uh, um, you know, kooky storylines. I and mean, look no further with uh, what, Lou, what happened with Lou Williams um, leaving the bubble. But, you know, um, you know the, the Raptors are just a professional team. And you got Kyle, you, you got Serge, obviously Mark, all these other guys. They've come in very sharp. They've come in very composed and even if the if you just look at the team as a whole right like how many teams in the league have been impacted by COVID right the other day the Denver Nuggets had eight guys available um and they played they started five centers and, and obviously they didn't want to start five centers but that's just the situation and, and for the Raptors first off knock on wood but like the Raptors this whole time no one has tested positive for COVID this is you know I think it does speak to sort of, A, just how much the Raptors follow protocol, and B, just how seriously they took this whole situation, how competently they handled this whole thing. You know, they go down to Orlando, uh, well, I guess they go down to Florida first before anyone else. Uh, they get an early jump start on training camp in terms of just, like, you know, getting together as a group. Um, maybe not necessarily practicing together, but um, at least being able to work out, get down to Florida early, 
They were safe in their little mini bubble, then they entered the NBA bubble, and now you're gonna need a lot of you're gonna need a lot of focus and competence. And I think the Raptors have uh, you know that in abundance, so that that's reassuring. Um, in terms of the other guys, I, th- I thought Pascal was you know decent. Um, the the jumper, I've, I've been watching some of his uh, you know practice footage. There's some uh, B roll that the the, uh, the media members are uh, privy to, and I've been watching basically just like. Um, not really even practice, more like post-practice, you know, guys shooting around, stuff like that, getting extra shots in. First off, Pascal was, is one of those guys getting extra shots. It's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the jumpers, you know, it might, might take some time to come back. I think the consistency there, um, you know, uh, it's just going to take time. And I think that's probably going to apply to most people. Is you're not always going to come right in right away. You know, Pascal himself has said, he didn't shoot a basketball for three months, so that's a bit of an issue. But otherwise, I thought Pascal was real solid. You know, um, his finishing around the basket, fantastic. Uh, the the variety, the assortments of moves that he can have. Like, he, he, I think he had probably the play of the game for me was him in the post against Robert Covington. And Covington's a pretty good defender, man. Um, but Covington today, six fouls uh, in 18 minutes, uh, you know, trying to guard Pascal. That's unfortunate. Um and yeah, Pascal in the post against Covington, you know, sort of hit him with this a fake baseline and then spun really quickly back to the middle. Uh, Covington was just completely shook and frozen on that play. Second way, but gets in for the layup. And, you know, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, we all know this, but Pascal is dominant in the paint. Uh, if, if he can get a mismatch, if he can get a height mismatch, especially, and against the Rockets, I mean, they don't start anyone as tall as Pascal. They don't even have a 6'9 guy on the roster. Uh, that plays consistently, so Pascal was able to get what he wanted, especially when he got into the paint, and um, all the other stuff, you know, conditioning, play on, transition, you know, Pascal's really good at that stuff, so I thought, you know, Pascal was nice, um, you know, 13 points today, 5 of 9 shooting, uh, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, had 5 turnovers, a lot of that was just sloppy, um, you know, he had some high-low passes that were just really not there, and he wasn't really forcing it, so that that's why, you know, it's really rust, because he just thought he saw something there, it definitely wasn't there, you know, again, these things will be cleaned up. I think Pascal's done a pretty good job managing his turnovers this year. But um, Pascal looks solid. Uh, off the bench, I loved what I saw from Terrence Davis. Um, you know, in, what, 19 minutes off the bench, he has 15 points, 4 of 9 shooting. Um, you know, I, I just like the way he was opportunistic, you know, um, playing off the ball. You got a lot of Terrence Davis. Uh, a lot of his scoring today was, you know, Kyle Lowry would run uh, offense on one side of the floor. Uh, make him maybe drive a little bit, collapse the Rockets' defense a little bit, you know, distract them, and then all of a sudden, boom, you have Terrence Davis cutting inside, getting behind the defense, and either dunking the ball or going up strong, getting fouled. And he did that twice um, in the first half, and then in the in the in the fourth quarter, he was able to crash the offensive glass again, coming in from the weak side, no one boxing out for the Rockets because they don't have natural big men. And uh, Terrence, you know, uh, getting to the foul line again that way. But I just loved his energy, man. He came in, you know, really gave the Raptors a boost. Uh, today, he kind of played the role where, you know, normally that would be Pat McCaw, who's sort of like that fourth guard in the rotation after, obviously, Fred, Kyle, and Norm. And TD came in, gave, gave a great scoring boost, and um, he filled that role accidentally. Like, obviously, Terrence and McCaw are very, very different players. But I, I do think that, honestly, with what Terrence has shown this season and sort of the upside that he can bring in terms of the way he can score, the way he can sort of impact the game, um, you know, it's, it's sort of bring a change of pace as well. Uh, just as a guy who can, you know, as a guard, he can finish. He can he can, he can can play off the ball. It's very obvious. He, he's 
pretty good at relocating, getting himself open for three. Um, also a threat in transition as well. And just a decent shooter and a, definitely a willing shooter. It's, it's just completely different than what Macabre brings. Maybe in a more defensively, you know, difficult matchup, you bring in Macabre. But I think Terrence is a really good shot at that eighth spot. He really should get a good look at it. And I thought he did a really good job in his role tonight. Um, you know, what else? I, I thought Norm was Norm was okay. Like, Norm was, he was struggling a little bit in the first half. I thought he had some open looks that he, he couldn't knock down, which was strange because um, all I remember of Norm this season was him hitting you know, 100% of his open shots, it's kind of been unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the Raptors also kind of put him in a bit of an unfamiliar situation. Um, you know, if you look at sort of the lineups that he was playing in today, again, whatever, it's, we're talking about, like, scrimmage games, man. I mean, talking about lineups, yeah, I don't want to read too much into it. But at the same time, you know, um, you know, Norm had to sort of play a little bit more point guard uh, because I really don't consider Terrence Davis a point guard, at least functionally right now. Um, in the, in his role, he's more of a finisher. So Norm had to handle the ball, had to create a little bit with the second unit. And, you know, that was just a little tough, a little tough. I don't think that's his best role. Like, uh, you know, I, I think maybe if they want to develop that for sure. And if in a scrimmage, that's the time you want to try things out. Definitely. But, um, you know, Norm is better in terms of as a finisher, um, transition, obviously phenomenal in transition. Um, but you know, you look at sort of when he plays with a starting lineup, this year, you have Kyle as a playmaker. You have Pascal as a playmaker. You have uh, Marc Gasol as a playmaker. Like, those guys are able to set Norm up and get him shots. And for him to either knock down the three or there's a gap he can attack and he can, you know, drive the lane and stuff like that and finish. It, it's not the same when he's sort of operating pick and rolls and stuff like that. Um, don't think his handle's strong enough for that. And I don't really think his off-the-dribble game in terms of the pull-up shot is, is strong enough where... You know, I think defenses are still going to be able to plug the the pain and sort of show multiple bodies and make life a little bit more difficult for Norm. So, him playing point guard, I'm a little, cons- you know, not the biggest fan, but um, but yeah, it was also a bit of a strange situation. Again, like you know, um, ordinarily, I think, especially in important moments, you're probably going to have at least one of Fred or Kyle on the floor at all times, and if they can sort of be the just the guy who sets everything up, I, I think that you know takes that pressure off Norm to do that. And also, you know, it's it's an unfamiliar lineup. Like, I don't think I've seen all season where it's been Terrence and Norm in the backcourt with Matt Thomas at three, Rondé at four, and Boucher at five. Like, that's, I don't know. I, I don't remember that combo a lot. Um, and, you know, th- that specific lineup, again, we're talking about very, very granular things in a, a meaningless scrimmage game. But, you know, it was a little, I don't know. It didn't look like a completely fit. I think Boucher at center there, bit of a strange pick, only in the sense that, you know, he's a little too skinny. I know he gained the 15 pounds, but he's still a little too skinny to set solid screens. Um, and so there's not really an advantage created. It's a little hard to play pick and roll with a guy who can't screen well. Um, and, you know, there's just not that much playmaking around there. So I thought those lineups were okay only because, you know, Terrence chipped in with a couple of plays. Rondé chipped in with a couple of plays. You know, uh, Matt Thomas uh, switched two threes in the fourth quarter, including one from like 30 feet. He just pulled up. It was great. But there was a lot of broken sequences with that lineup. Uh, I feel like, you know, either, you know, just even bringing in a guy like Marcus Gasol, if he's available, him playing that center spot, then all of a sudden it is very interesting to have those four wings around him. Um you know, Mark being more of a playmaker and, and be able to set people up, obviously setting great screens, spacing the floor, being with the pass. Him and Norm always have great chemistry. Um, so I'd like to see some of that. But, um, yeah, on the whole, Norm, you know, he picked it up towards the end of the game. 
There were a lot more open opportunities, open sequence opportunities, and that's where you got to see the best of Norm in transition, just shot out of a cannon, go straight to the basket. The, the strength that he has in, in finishing at the rim this year is so impressive. Um, he's got so much composure. His timing, his footwork is really good, especially in transition. He's always able to sort of get the advantage on his man, despite being a little bit shorter than you know a lot of the Rockets. He was able to get to the rim finish uh hit an open three off a nice transition sequence in the fourth quarter as well so he finished with 12 points um but yeah i mean you know on the whole it was nice to see the raptors be able to empty their bench as well uh you know i think nick did a good job of managing minutes og played the first quarter in its entirety uh and he led the team in minutes with 23 but everyone else you know was pretty everyone was pretty like normal pretty much what you would expect um you know nurse extended his rotation basically 10 deep right you got like pascal playing 18 minutes and then you also got matt thomas playing 14 minutes like it, it was 10 deep like two full lineups um you know uh, going and then of course you even had um you know basically the the end of the bench uh being cleared out you got dewan hernandez playing a minute you got malcolm miller coming in for and paul watson coming in for two minutes o'Shea coming in for a little run stanley coming in for uh, a very adventurous eight minutes and 25 seconds in which he's he might have mishandled the ball like 25 times in that stretch. It looked like he's been quarantining for basketball his whole life. Uh, but that was a little rusty for, for, for Stanley. But, um, yeah, it, it was nice to see Nick there sort of just uh, give a lot of opportunities, spread out the minutes, and, again, just play it smart. Obviously, there's no reason really to extend anybody. There's no reason to go all out. Um, you know, whether the players are competitive or not, that you can't really control that. Like Kyle Lowry taking a charge in a scrimmage, the most on-brand thing possible. Kyle Lowry waiting a whole six minutes to complain about a foul call. Honestly, that shows a lot of restraint. That You could tell Kyle is really relaxed if he's going to wait six minutes to complain about a call. Um, you know, Fred's, you know, same kind of deal. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the way Nick Thurs can sort of ramp things up, look at different lineups, uh, I think it's worth experimenting. It's also, Of course, it's also worth just, like, beyond experimenting, it's also worth taking this time to get some chemistry with this main group together, right? Like, it's very important for his main guys to be able to get a rhythm. Those are the guys that are going to be playing the most minutes and the most important minutes. But nevertheless, um, you know, I think it was a good showing on the whole. And the Raptors, you know, they look like the Raptors. Um, Again, offensively, it's going to need a a little bit of work. Um, Their execution is not that great. Defensively, it's there. Like, you can see, like, they ran some box and one occasionally. Didn't do that crazy stuff with, like, trapping James Harden in the half court like they did earlier in the season um, where Ben McLemore thought he was nice. But, you know, um, yeah, just still a fair bit of Raptors sort of creativity, ingenuity. I think defensively, because the Raptors are so big and athletic and they're very smart, um, they're able to probably just execute everything there. I think offensively that's where most of the attention needs to go in terms of just sharpening everything up, you know, cutting down on turnovers. Like having 19 turnovers in 40 minutes just not great uh shooting 29 for 10 for three and especially because a lot of those threes were matt thomas in the fourth quarter norm in the fourth quarter uh also not great you know van vliet shooting well van vliet shot two of three but you know uh, pascal 0 for three uh, og one for four with some very open looks um you know those are the things that you know the raptors should try to hammer down but um on the whole a nice start the raptors win uh in terms of your three stars uh for the summer league game or essentially this premium summer league uh i'll go Serge Ibaka, the first star 18 points on eight of 10 shooting two of three from three with uh three rebounds two assists um you know very solid just always an option for the raptors offensively and um 
yeah, especially in the matchup like against Houston, like you expect Serge to be able to dominate, shoot over the top. Like you got PJ Tucker on you, that's cool, man. Just just like calmly rise up and shoot over him. Not that um, much of an issue, and I think Serge really handled it well. I'd say the second start tonight was Kyle Lowry, 11 points, um, 2 of 4 shooting, 1 of 2 from the three-point line. That 1-3, spectacular 3 to beat the buzzer while he's sort of fading um, and leaning. Um, also got to the free throw line eight times. Uh, you know, chipped in on the glass, three rebounds, two assists, and uh, all of that in 19 minutes. Again, it's what you expect from Kyle, you know. The competitiveness with him is is, is really funny, um, you know. And it's admirable. It's, it's it's funny only in the sense that obviously not everyone else takes it as seriously as him. But that's that's what makes Kyle Lowry so good is that he takes everything so seriously, uh, and he treats it as a competition because you know everything is a competition. And you know uh, to see him communicate the way he did, you know, defensively, especially with Mark out, very important. Obviously, with the, the team sort of not necessarily being new because obviously they played together many times, but uh, new to you know playing basketball in the last four months in an organized setting. Uh, Kyle organizing the defense, you know, taking the charge, regular Kyle Lowry stuff. Uh, and then your third star I'm giving to Terrence Davis, 15 points off the bench, uh, four of nine shooting, one of six from three, uh, but got to the free throw line six times, six of six from there, five rebounds and assists, um, and just generally great energy on the whole. Um, I really, really like the way he played, both with the sort of half starter lineups and also with the bench exclusive lineups, just his energy. Um, you know, handling the ball a little bit more, obviously, without a regular point guard on the floor. Uh, TD looks good, man. TD looks good, and hopefully he can keep it up because, you know, you, you, you know, I think everyone's hope really is for Terrence to crack that rotation um, and be a consistent piece in the playoffs. It would be very interesting to see what he can bring. Uh, but, you know, honestly, there's a lot of good guys that, that played well. I thought Rondé played well. You know, his, you know, played good defense, came in great, gave great energy, uh, you know, a couple of garbage baskets. Boucher, you know, didn't really do much offensively, a bit of a liability there. But, um, you know, defensively, he just completely was lights out. Like, none of the Rockets could score at the basket around with him around. So, um, and yeah, Matt Thomas, you know, hit some threes, did Matt Thomas things. Um, Handle the ball a little bit. Always funny. Matt Thomas trying to guard uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden uh, on game one. Um, not even game one. The first game after four months uh, was really aggressively funny. Um, you know, you could see the panic in, in him a little bit um, because he just knows he's screwed in that situation when it's Westbrook posting him up and spinning around or if it's James Harden, you know, dribbling at him like, nah. That's uh, it's a tough look. But look, Matt always competes. You know, he comes in with a professional approach, you know, hits his threes. And, you know, just a just a very solid uh, bench player at the moment. So, um, as for the Gerald Henderson Award, I, I mean, I guess Daniel House, he had 18 points. Didn't really notice that Daniel House had 18 points. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, apparently he played 31 minutes, which is, you know, even by D'Antoni standards, man, why are you playing your guy 31 minutes in a, 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 a scrimmage game? Uh, that means absolutely nothing. I'm a little confused by that. But, yeah, 18.711 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3, uh, 6 rebounds. Again, Daniel House is a nice pickup for the for the Rockets. Um, again, just a guy who anyone could have had, basically. And um, the Rockets basically almost let him go because they're cheap, but they were able to get him back. And uh, he's solid. He's a solid player. He defends well, um, shoots a 3 well. I, I, well, ish. Shoots the well th- 3 well-ish. Uh, you know, maybe, I honestly feel like he can... He's primed basically to be another PJ Tucker type, maybe with a little bit more offensive bounce. Um, you know, PJ six four under the basket, so he's not going to finish anything there. He's only going to hit corner threes. But um, 
yeah, I thought Daniel House was, was, was okay. I mean, based on this box score right here. So that does it for the podcast. Uh, once again, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the program. And uh, seriously, a huge thank you to everyone who has listened uh, to the podcast, you know, throughout the, the, the quarantine. It's been, it's been honestly, admittedly, a little bit difficult to come up with content. Um, you know, it's, yeah, you can look back on things or whatever, but it's totally different when we have actual stuff to look at, to talk about, to sort of think about, to dissect. Um, so I appreciate everyone's patience. I appreciate everyone's, um, you know, continued support. Anyone who's watched Run It Back, uh, you know, shout out to Alex for coming up with these topics to talk about every week. But goddamn, there's a... <laughs> there were there were some dire times where we were pretending to be reporters, even though we're actual reporters. I don't know why we did that. Uh, talking to uh, basically recreating fake press conferences. Like, look, if we have entertained you, if, if you have watched, um, you know, we really appreciate it, you know. And, um, yeah, so, look, in terms of coverage, on my end, it's going to look the same. Uh, what you're familiar with, 10 things is going to come out after every game. That includes scrimmages. Scrimmages are games, all right? I'm going to be spending Sunday night watching Raptors, Blazers. And I know a lot of you guys will be too, all right? So don't don't judge me, please. Um, there will be, <laughs> be 1,000 words in, in 10 things on, on just absolute bare-bones scrimmage games. Um, you know, obviously, there's going to be the Reaction Podcast. We're also working on getting the Raptors Everything live call-in show back up and running. Obviously, uh, not being able to be in the Yahoo offices and the studios is going to make it a little bit more difficult. So we got to hammer out some uh, technicals, but we're pretty much 95% of the way there. Um, so look out for that, and we'll definitely announce the first show on at a later date. Um, and yeah, you can expect the same coverage, you know? Like, you know, look, the, it's... It, for me, it's no different. Even though I'm not at the arena, it's weird that um, you know they're basically just playing this weird little decorated box. Uh, the NBA players are, uh, but you know I've covered a lot of games from home. Um, you know, it's just like a, it's, every game's a road game, and uh, yeah. So uh, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, I'll be back on Sunday when the Raptors uh, take on the Portland Trailblazers. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.